Welcome to the ACO Show. It is our 100th ACO Show episode. And if you want to learn about value-based care or hear from a learned guest today, you've come to the wrong place. For this Milestone 100th episode, Josh and Brian reflect on the history of the ACO Show, what brought them to Allidade, and what they've learned from hosting a podcast. And they are joined by a surprise guest. Welcome to the ACO Show. I'm Josh Israel, here with my co-host, Brian Chiklinski. And this is our 100th ACO Show. So we thought we'd take a little bit of time to just reflect on the show. People also tell us that we should be bringing more of our personalities into the show. They want to hear about and from the host, which I think neither Brian nor I. That's uh, a terrible idea. Let. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't see what's possibly good about that, but we're going to try a little bit. So Brian, why don't you tell us about yourself and also what brought you to Allidade? Yeah, happy to. Um, I'm going to be for not. sure. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. This is going to be by far the most boring of our, our, our podcast interviews, but happy to um, share a little bit. I So I come from the government side. I was working at uh, Health and Human Services in the Obama administration, and uh, the American people fired me uh, in November of 2016. And so I was looking around at the landscape of folks who were doing uh, what we were then calling delivery system reform. Um, and, and really like making a difference in it. And I kept hearing about Allidade from friends and colleagues. Um, and so I managed to uh, to actually uh, do some research on the company and talk to some folks there and some good friends who had moved over. Um, and it was just so uh, intriguing kind of the work, both from the the model of it that uh, you guys were doing and also the people that were, that were coming to the company. Um, and I think that combination uh, really drew me in. So I came to Allidade uh, working on policy and communications the first time. And then uh, I uh, wandered away for a couple of years into the wilderness of higher education. Um, but it didn't take long before I, I realized I, I wanted to come back. There was something about just the story of this company and uh, the work it's doing and, and the fact that it's not about um, Allidade per se, it's it's always about the practices and how do we help primary independent primary care practices stay independent and, and thrive in this new model because um, you know, the, the results are there and they're so transformational. So it's, uh, it's been fun because it's a good group of people. It's a good culture. Um, but it's also the, the mission is so, uh, fascinating that I, I think I've, I've really enjoyed, you know, getting to learn more about it as I've been here in the podcast has just been a part of that, being able to like dive deeper into this landscape and, and talk to the people who are on the front lines of, of changing our healthcare delivery system. And how about outside of Allidade? I feel like I got to know you a little bit even before I got to work with you from your from your Twitter feed. It looks like you take some some good hikes. You live in Virginia, and I think yeah. you have a cat and a baby on the way. Oh gosh, yes, yes. We have a we have a cat who doesn't understand how much her world is going to change in late July um, because we have our first uh, our baby daughter arriving uh, then, and um, so yeah, my podcasting might become a little less frequent or a little more uh, sleep deprived. Um, but yeah, we're in we're in Falls Church, my wife and I, and um, uh, yeah, we have a, a lake nearby, so I often send pictures of kayaking and and barely being missed, getting hit in the head by herons and geese. So yeah, it's a it's a good good and busy life out here in Northern Virginia. Um, but I'm gonna flip the table now. I think people have heard enough about me; they've probably sped it up to two or three times to skip over this. Uh, so slow it down now. We're going to uh, turn the table over to Dr. Josh Israel. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what drew you to Allidade. So I uh, first met Farzad a, a while back. We were both uh, at the same hospital during doing residency. 
Um, and many years later, he was out in San Francisco where I was working as a psychiatrist and teaching at the UCSF Medical School. Uh, and he was talking about accountable care organizations. And I, I was slow. I did not understand it. It took a couple of conversations. Um, but when it finally clicked for me that there was this healthcare model where uh, the goal was keeping patients healthy and the motivation for doctors to do this was that they would get paid better. Uh, it just seemed to me just a, a little piece of genius where we're going to change the healthcare system for the better, not through just good values, not through just persuasion, but we're going to mm -hmm. make the financial alignment correct, you know, yeah. for the American capitalist system. We're going to harness that to get people doing preventive care, to doing the care that patients would want to get. And I just, it's just like a light bulb, like, oh my gosh, I have an opportunity to be part of that. Like, okay. And I actually moved out here, um, had a nice life going in San Francisco. Cross country. Um, yeah, I mean, the plus is you can get a better house in the DC area than you can in San Francisco. <laughs> but um, I, I have two teenage boys. They were younger at the time. They were not too happy with the move, although now now they like it out here. And, yeah, and we did it and it's, it's been a, been a five-year journey so far. It's intense at times, but it's been great. Wow. And so you're, you're kind of practicing at the same time you're working at Allidate, is that right? A little bit. I work at one of the Allidate clinics a couple times a month. I still see patients there, uh, both to really understand still what the view is like from the point of the PCP and just so I don't get, get too rusty. And <laughs> I was never, I wasn't ready to entirely hang up the psychiatry shingle. I still, I still love the work. Yeah, that's, that's great. It's, it's so great to like, I'm sure have these like high level conversations on policy and system change, but then also to just, you know, go back to the care delivery, the thing that drew you to the field in the first place is kind of, kind of nice balance. Yeah. And it's a bit of a cliche, but it really is important to just not forget what it's like to be a patient in the healthcare system and to, and what it's like to be a provider that it's, you know, it's much easier to talk about healthcare change and to tell people how to do healthcare change. But just remember, like, this is hard work and the, the days are busy and you don't always have time to look in three different computer platforms unless somebody can really make that easy for you. So it, it helps me to stay empathic for uh, both the patients and the physicians. Yeah, because you kind of get both uh, both perspectives there. Oh, wait. Joe Schonkweiler. Look at this. It looks like we have a guest. Oh, so funny, Joe. Well, hey, hello. Joe. What a total surprise, so Joe, that no one saw coming. Did, did, did Hannah do this or did you do this, Brian? <laughs> I just I just joined an old link. I don't know what this, I don't even know what this is. I, who are you guys? You're doing well. All right. Hi, Joe. How are you? How are you? We've never had a surprise guest before. I know. This is, it's fitting that I'm the first, <laughs> I think. Oh, it's still got all your equipment there. <laughs> totally ready. Headphones too. Oh, I need to make it. <laughs> yeah, I, I made a. I did an upgrade to my equipment, so <laughs> at, at Josh's behest. Yeah. Well, we were just about to to talk about the show's origin, so I'll, I'll do it now. Awesome. Go for it. The show got started because I got asked by one of our practices in New Jersey to make a recording that the doctors could listen to on their drive. The request was something about treatment of alcohol use disorders on the way to work and opioid dependence on the way home from work. So I recorded this thing and then I realized, oh, this is all a podcast is. Mm -hmm. And we got somebody on our team to figure out how to upload it, how to put it on, I think it was iTunes at the time. I'm still not sure how that works. Thank goodness somebody else has figured it out. 
Uh, and then we just started talking to people at the, at the company and Joe got on board immediately uh, to my delight. And here we are at show number 100. And then Joe abandoned us, but I hear rumors that he's going to be starting up a podcast somewhere else. Joe, I don't know how much of that you can, you can tell us. It's still very early days. I was hoping to tease it in this anniversary, century episode, yeah. um, but I, I, nothing to say yet. So stay tuned. The one, the one thing that I wanted to highlight uh, in in prep for this call was our first interview, uh, which wasn't the first one to be released, but the first one that we did. Do you remember that, Josh? Dr. Emily Maxson, our chief medical. Oh, she was officer. the first one we record recorded. Yes, and it was. I think that I saw a quote the other day, and this is particularly relevant for the post-pandemic life, but um, that. Interviewing someone is like cutting hair. It looks really easy until you have to do it. And I think that was like the shock to the system of doing the first interview, where even though it was somebody that we knew really well and, um, you know, was eminently prepared and had a lot of interest interesting things to say, it was sort of like, oh, this is, we're doing this now. This is an interview, not, this isn't just us talking to Emily about value-based care. So, you know, some of them had that same sort of nerves, I think, particularly as we started bringing a lot of interesting external folks in, it was really an experience. So thanks for, thanks for kicking this off, Josh. I appreciate it. The thing I learned early on was how hard it is uh, to be prepared uh, in the sense that it, you know, it'd be great to write things down and just say what you mean to say, because you've got it all laid out in front of you. But it sounds terrible when we do that, that it sounded so wooden. Uh, and it's, you know, it's hard to speak on your feet. It's, it's a little nerve wracking. Um, you know, you're not always going to be so eloquent, but the same for our guests, right? We learned early on that to tell them, don't write down what you're going to say or write it down, but then don't look at it when you're speaking. Um, that you must have to be an amazing actor to be able to pull that off, to have the written word and make it sound like it's, it's impromptu. Um, so, that, so that's been an interesting thing. The other interesting thing for me was, uh, and this is a, in no way to... Um, to stratify our guests, so to speak. But um, when we had folks on who clearly were used to speaking extemporaneously about what they do or work they've done. So, you know, uh, one of my favorites, um, Dr. Elizabeth Rosenthal um, from the uh, Kaiser Health News, but also formerly the New York Times, it, it was very clear that she she has a radio show. She has a weekly radio show. She's on NPR. Um, she has a podcast. But she was uh, it was really interesting. I actually learned even just over audio, her cadence and speaking in complete sentences and complete thoughts. It was very really interesting to hear her her do it. But yeah, so many great folks that we've chatted with from within Allidade Universe and from without. One other interesting thing is how much people don't like hearing themselves speak. Um, you know, Jill, you'll remember that so many of our guests, after we speak to them, will send us an email saying, please delete that. I was terrible. And they weren't. They were great. Um, but there's just something about how we judge our ourselves. Um, you know, and I know you and I heard a lot of our own verbal tics in the beginning, and uh, it's still hard to listen to, to myself talk. It, it doesn't really go away. But it, that's been striking that guests who just were great and eloquent uh, listen to the recording and think nobody's going to be able to listen to this. I like that psychiatrist angle of like, don't judge yourself so harshly. We're all judging ourselves right now. It's okay. Our audio is fine. Well, some yeah. of it is, is a little bit of narcissism that we think people are listening to us as closely as we would like them to. 
mm-hmm. they're not. They're sort of listening. They're distracted. They're you know maybe doing a podcast while they do the dishes, and then they're not catching every little tick that we make. Yeah, I think um, I would be remiss if I didn't highlight um, the first uh, external fan sighting that I had um, related to this podcast, where a um, a particularly interested grad- former graduate student saw my name listed as part of an event that I was at, an informal event, um, and found me and said, I'm a huge ACO show fan. And there ha- there were a few other Allidade people there that I brought over to confirm that because I thought nobody's going to believe that this actually happened. So um, it, the, the and we started hearing stories about people at conferences and how they would, you know, walk up to our amazing uh, growth team and say, hey, which one's Josh and which one's Joe? <laughs> which is really, you know, <laughs> to your point, Josh, you start to think, are people out there listening to this stuff? And I think people really, really have been, which is really gratifying. Yeah, it's both fun that people have heard you speak, that you have to know that we we made this show, we created this thing. And other times it just feels like such an awful cliche to, to be a podcast host, right? <laughs> Well, it speaks to, I think, the the interest in niche podcasts that actually go to a narrower swath of the listening public. You know, I think um, as a, a, a really um, voracious podcast consumer, the stuff that doesn't work sometimes is just too broad. You know, like we have a pretty narrow mandate and um, go very deep on that. And yeah, I think that is definitely a a benefit of the way we've structured this. And I think too, the the way we're able to um, bring in the voices from the field and help them tell their stories. And part of that is Allidade's footprint in so many states is we just have so many practices we work with who are doing such cool, uh, innovative practices. I know um, uh, one of my favorite episodes uh, in the feed that I've done was with Dr. Lewis on vaccine hesitancy in Arkansas and the creative ways that he decided to get on some radio call-in shows and, and just talk about the safety of the vaccine. Um, and you just get these stories of uh, really creative ideas and uh, really uh, fun, energetic personalities um, from all across the country on the show, which is, I think, one of the benefits of of being kind of this niche podcast is we're able to then go wide with the variety of voices that come in to speak, you know, on that specific topic of, of value-based care and, and practicing uh, in primary care today. How about you, Joe? Particularly memorable shows? You know, I I loved the early Allidade internal personalities um, because you got to showcase the work, sometimes that I was, you know, intimately involved with at Allidade in a different way. Um, and it sort of served both that initial need of sort of a teaching function that you found and even kicking this off, Josh, but also teaching externally. So, you know, of course, the the co-founding group, Edwin Miller, Matt Kendall, Farzad, but also all the other little working parts of Allidade. And, and I would say a close runner up were some of the ones we were able to do. And actually, you led a lot of these because we had split up by that point when we were all in lockdown, but doing the pandemic focused provider episodes about what was going on in New Orleans and across the country. And, you know, somebody at Allidade said that it was we were capturing that for longevity, for um, speaking witness to something that was actually happening out in the world, which was humbling. Uh, and and really, again, gratifying to think that we were adding a small bit 
to the the record of, of what we were all going through. Yeah, I'd agree. A couple of shows that really stood out for me. One was we spoke to Dr. Josh Lowenford in New Orleans, sort of the view from the ground that was very moving um, and just impressive just being out there on the front lines as he was. And there was a Dr. Martindale from Arkansas who had in a matter of weeks switched his whole practice to basically working in the parking lot to serve his patients. It was That was really something to hear about. I, I agree with you. Also made the show a challenge, right? That we had gotten used to being in the same room and for anybody thinking about doing interviews, it's a lot easier when we had all the guests and Joe and I would be in the same room and we could know when to speak. You know, we could read each other's body language or make hand signs. And it's it's much harder to try to, to be coherent and have interviews when we're all on on video. That among the many things that the world has had to shift on is how to do a podcast where we're all on on Zoom or I guess on Google Meet as it were. Yeah, we have uh, very, I guess another uh, favorite interview, as we as we were saying, <laughs> it's hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we we developed, for those listening at home, we developed a, a complex parallel communication pathway to make sure we were not doing exactly what we just did and stepping oh, over each Google other. That. One of my other favorite interviews was Howard Dean, uh, you know, the former governor of Vermont, former presidential candidate, former head of the DNC, just a little bit of sort of frisson of celebrity. Uh, and also he was just so just straightforward, so un unpolitical for a politician. That was a, that was a fun interview. Yeah, the the audio didn't cooperate there on 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 Governor Dean's side, but um, yeah, that was definitely a memorable uh, conversation to have. Um, I loved, no surprise, I loved the few international folks that we had in house in studio, so to speak, and remotely. Got some interesting global perspective from my the Scottish folks that we were able to chat with. Yeah, I love it that because you have a Scottish connection, we've all of our our international interviews were, were from the the hub. You know the the medical uh, EHR center of the University of Scotland. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Just a nice glass of scotch while you listen to those. Exactly. Yeah. So, what's the plan for the ACO show for the hundred and first and beyond? Well, we are thinking of making it a little more professional. You know, it has always been run by me and you, Joe, or me and Brian, with our amazing producers who have who have basically been hardworking yeoman right out of college who have figured out how to produce and upload a show. But as Alavade moves from childhood to adolescence into grown-uphood, we may be moving the whole thing over to our actual marketing and communications team uh, and hiring somebody with actual skills uh, at doing this sort of thing. It's, it's funny because like, especially listeners of this podcast have kind of watched the journey of Alavade as a company as well, starting from that first episode. And um, and now that we're growing and we're, we're becoming, you know, a little more established, there are a little more, there's more structure. Uh, it's less of a startup and more of a, a real company now. I think one of the things we want to do is try to structure the podcast a little differently, but we also want to keep that organic energy to it because I feel like one of the benefits is we have had some structure and we have planned out, you know, seasons well in advance, but Josh and Joe, especially your flexibility to like, okay, here's a guest who might be available, let's pull them on quickly and like have this conversation or here's an event, you know, that happened in the news and let's, you know, talk about it now. I think maintaining that spontaneity and creativity was really, you know, it's, it's the foundation of this show. And I think it's 
something we don't want to lose. And while I'm at it, I want to uh, make sure we give a huge thanks to Hannah Posner and Brittany Barnes, our uh, amazing podcast producers, because you know they've been doing this job to get this show up and running and make sure we're, we're putting out new episodes all the time on top of their day-to-day responsibilities and jobs. So it's been a real team effort, I think very alidating in the way it was started and, and run. And as we transition to something a little different, I think we're going to be trying as hard as we can to keep that alidating energy around it. Well, this has warmed my heart, Joe Shankweiler, my my original partner and co-host. It is this was a delightful surprise. Brian Chiglinski, my current excellent co-host. Love doing the show with you too. What else do we want to say about our, our weird self-referential 100th episode here? It's been an awesome ride. Yeah, likewise. And uh, all the props to you, Josh, for kind of everything you've done to build this and bring me and Joe along for the ride. It's It's been a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to the next 100 episodes. Absolutely. All right. Thank you both. This episode of The ACO Show was produced by Brittany Barnes and Hannah Posner. Our theme music is by Donna Korn. You can find previous episodes on our website, alliday.com, or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ACO Show.